Welcome to Finding Monster Right, the show about finding monsters, right? Right. My name is Adam, and I am out looking for an adventure, more specifically, a house. And I'm an eyeless, uh, cold-blooded monster, because today I'm playing the realtor that's going to help Adam find a house. Hooray! But there's a specific location that we had in mind for Adam's house. Is it, oh, is it by the bay? No. Is it a, a mountaintop resort? No, it's not. So... Is it a seafront property? Nope. It's 2020. And Adam, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the ground is better than anything they've got up there. Under the ground. Under the ground. I had a whole parody planned. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I really... <laughs> I really stopped all over that. I won't sing this song, it would take too long, and it's parody, but Disney would sue me. Can't cantilate it, but I would have named it Under the Ground. Yeah, no, we're going under the ground for this episode. The, the name of the episode is Mole Money, Mole Problems. Invest in subterranean realty today. Yeah, which I don't think I'm asking for an investment in realty. I think we're just asking you to be a homeowner. <laughs> That's an investment, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, real estate's where it's at. Mm, it's all. About... I don't know why I'm. <laughs> I don't know why I'm selling you on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about location, location, echolocation. Oh, got him! Wow. Oh, that was good. That's good. I just came up with that. Yeah, so I'm ready to, uh, you know, get get Roper into this. Uh that was a that was a D and D joke for those yeah. of you. That uh, for you, those of you dice slingers out there, you might have gotten it. Yeah, I heard that term for D and D players, dice slingers, and I really enjoy it. Are they spe players or are they spectators? Um, uh, I think what? Well, like dice slingers, like you sling dice. Sorry, I'm just being a gibbering mouther. Oh my god, puns are the worst form of humor on earth. You are, I, Adam, <laughs> you are. I don't want to endorse mind. them. What's that? You are flaying my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's <laughs> that I'm saying that because I just want to highlight how zero effort that was. Yeah, no. If we just kept doing underdark puns, the listeners might get drowsy. Drow. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Okay, cool. Just checking. Drowsy evolves into hypno. Remember him? He was great. <laughs> Yeah, he's yellow. He's a second type that's yellow. It's it's a good time. He's very yellow. I just wanted to be laughed at. Okay, whatever. So, anyway, I wanted to start with uh, with uh, you, actually. Me! Yes. You have uh, some experience with the Hollow Earth theory, and, uh, well, I think that before we get into, well... The monster du jour, essentially, are the uh, those underdark dwellers. Your descent monsters, your uh, your Morlocks, your uh, dwarves digging too greedily and too deep. Just anything down here in the muck. Umberhulks, hookors, and mole people. And mole people, yes. And in the original uh, mole people movie from 1956, which uh, has a a good uh, MST3K episode for Misties out there, which I've uh, I'm I'm trying slowly but surely to indoctrinate Adam. I've put the Misty Ceramorphosis uh, tadpole into his brain. Uh, I watched I watched that movie through that the, that lens, and um, I <laughs> for, do not think they did a good job on the topic of the mole people themselves that's fair the movie's not mostly about that but the movie does start with this uh, professor of some sort giving a lecture about the uh, history of the hollow earth theory and so i thought it might be nice to talk about uh well this is a theory that's near and dear to your heart that you're kind of fond of right yeah yeah I, it's something i've wanted to tap for fiction one of these days but and yeah as you mentioned in the movie he goes over to a whiteboard and shows you several aspects of underground society that would make a way better movie 
It really would. How if the earth is concentric, like a bunch of different onion layers, and how every time you kind of go through a different uh, layer, you get to another world of sorts. Oh my god, I'm uh, I'm just imagining, like, the YA angle of, like, you get sorted into which underground world you live in, (laughs) and each one of them is different in their own distinct way. Oh man, I'm a core dweller. Yeah, oh my god. I'm in the lair that eats glue. <laughs> I'm the hero lair. I'm the lair that likes books. I'm the racist lair. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's something that uh, I need to make Jules an entire Verner under the sea parody about the racist lair now. The racist earth core. <laughs> the- um, yeah, it's something that uh, Jules Verne was very interested in exploring this type of environments with his work, such as uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, uh, where you and uh, other <laughs> films such as uh, Ice Age Three: Dawn of the Dinosaurs, mm. where you, you know you go down and hey, there's a uh, there's some <laughs> almost like the Earth has grown another layer on top of it from prehistoric times. <laughs> Uh, but th- yeah, there's other ones that I um, that I like where the model has a a sun at the center where the core should be, and instead of in a concave planet, it's a convex world where the hills lean up and uh, close in on themselves. In the horizon, you don't see uh, mountains; you see uh, land that you can walk to. So the earth is literally shaped like a basketball or something, and you can walk around on the inside of the basketball, and there's a sun up there. Yep, floating in the center of it. Which, yeah, again, I I, I like the aesthetics of it a lot, and the, I don't know, <laughs> there, it's hard to find a scientific explanation for a lot of these ideas. They fall, fall into pseudoscience way swifter than other ways. Well, there's a Dyson sphere. Oh, that, it's true. A Dyson Sphere, for those of you who don't know, is a sci-fi theoretical physics construction where uh, it is a metal shell that's built around a star in order to harvest all of the energy that the star puts out. Imagine like solar panels that got every little piece of sun juice that they could possibly get. Yeah, and that same type of model is another type of hollow Earth version where... Uh, okay, the Earth that we bo- that we are on now is truly inside of a world, and the uh, the sun, moon, and stars are just hanging out in that kind of empty air between uh, between us. Right. That is actually something that we talked about during some of our world building sessions that uh, that predecessed Finding Monster Right to the point where Adam made it his Google Hangouts icon. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact, every Finding Monster Right episode, it's been a conversation between an Imperial moth and an inside-out <laughs> planet. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> to the uninitiated, it might just look like regular planets, but we know. Because it technically is. So, yeah, th- th- there's all kinds of... It gets into kind of a conspiracy base where people uh, try to reach this hollow Earth, and they... Some people say that that's where, like, some... Fey beings can be found where UFOs and stuff come from through holes at the the poles, as it's known. Holes at the poles. Uh, That's the John Sims uh, angle. (laughs) Yes. I've actually seen, like, uh, there was, I used to work at uh, the, as an intern at uh, the Academy of Natural Sciences in Philadelphia. And they had, like, a couple different, like, weird specimens from the academy archives days and stuff where they would put a bunch of weird stuff out in the library for a month or so of like displays and one of them was john sim's original globe with uh, two big holes just etched out in the poles and there would be like paths to go in and there would be an inner globe on the inside yeah they, another like little tunnels found throughout uh but yeah no i i love i love a uh, weird academia <laughs> and uh pieces of, of antiquity like that that have been captured there is this one uh guy let me see if i can find this yeah Achinosaurus it was a kind of plant uh discovered by gerard smetz and named in 1888 
and he just discovered these fragments of bones, and he said it was a hadrosaur dinosaur, like a duckbill dinosaur thing, that was between 20 and 30 feet long, and then, like, and he named it Achinosaurus, and... These other scientists looked at it and they were like, dude, this is from a plant. What are you doing? And he resigned from science. Oh, man. That's <laughs> he, a burn. He was just like, well, I'm... He I'm, literally turned in his card for he, that. He absolutely turned in his science badge and his science gun. And he's out there trying to fight oh, oh my plants. God. Gerard Smets, born circa 1857, died after 1895, known for geology, paleontology, science, the misidentification of the plant genus Achinosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that, Wikipedia is a... destroying this this uh, bicentenarian. Right. Yeah. So I not, not to dwell too deep into it. Uh, even though I'd love to, because it's a it's a fun uh, subgenre of subterranean fiction. Mm. <laughs> uh, so so let's. Uh, hey, uh, I I got a my lease is coming up, and I need a new house. So we're gonna conduct this the way that House Hunters is conducted. Because I don't know if you've seen this show, but it's a very important good show for good people that aren't uh, horrible at buying houses. Yes, so I have made up my mind before I before you you uh this episode is filmed. Correct. So try tr- try and catch the hint. That's that's some uh, house hunter like uh what do we call it? master theories. All right. So answer uh answer these questions and please include the question in your answer. Uh, so what is your name? My name is Adam. Uh, what is your job? My job is a mechanical engineer slash hollow earthist. What is some backstory about you? In the back of my story uh, was a a young boy who grew into a much larger boy who eventually has a beard and now has once been to the beach and loves, loves, loves to enjoy acceptable interiors. What are you looking for in a house? And please contradict yourself. Uh, uh, honestly, uh, I would love a place with lots of footroom. The most important thing is that I have a place for my multiple cars. Oh my god, it's always with the multiple cars. Sorry. Yeah, mu- multiple cars are a big thing. Uh, you know what? I love granite countertops, and especially if they take up more room than they need to. Uh, I'd like to bump my knees on various pieces of furniture throughout the house. And I want to do my laundry in a someplace a little different. Do you have a uh, do you have a specific need that's like weird, but only kind of weird in a way that like if your wife has been coached to act like some kind of stereotypical sitcom wife, she'd be like, "That's never happening." Yeah. Uh, but, so my my wife hates my uh, gelatinous cube. Uh, breeding program mm-hmm. where uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of uh, cloning it's a lot of it's it's kind of like people do it with plants all the time I don't see why she doesn't understand that um, that uh, sometimes you can do it with uh, amorphous oozes all right well now that we've uh, now that we've established uh, what Adam needs in his house it's time to introduce the real estate agent it's actually me the other co-host. I'm here to I'm here to uh, to sell. I'm not here to make friends. I might have given up on House Hunters halfway through and started watching Survivor instead. <laughs> hey, if, if this is as underdark as I think it's gonna be, that's not a bad move. Hey, you know, nobody hooks up on House Hunters. They do on Survivor, <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be weird if they did. <laughs> This is a, I, I want a second bedroom for my mistress. You. <laughs> okay, so uh, the entrance to our first uh, to our first place is located in a giant hole under Seattle. Wow, Seattle! That's right near my job. It really is. So uh, within the Sims hole. 
I think you'll find uh, the first thing is uh, we're looking at a mid-century uh, continental uh, pointy house. Should have looked up types of houses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In is a it... largely Sumerian neighborhood. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I like to, I like to hear stories. Sure. Well, uh, this house it has uh, three bedrooms and uh, two baths. It's currently uh, valued at 1.2 million. And uh, it is catered full staff by beasts of the earth, which are uh, men that have been bred into degeneracy. They look like they have a weird uh, butthole face and not like a mole, but they are called the mole people for some reason. I see. Uh, I also noticed that they have a hunch on the back of their head. That's actually just a football that's been shoved into uh, that's been shoved into the top of their shirts, so that Ow. like you can play. No, no, no. So they're the, just holding the, it up the, there. They're handy and athletic. They are. Uh, what, uh, so you said that they, how many are there that come with the house? Uh, there are actually, uh, there are actually three, and they all need a different bedroom. So you will be sleeping in one of the bathrooms, but it's nice and wet and just covered in tasty bioluminescent fungus. Mmm. Oh, that's great. We don't have to worry about any mold. And that way you can have a light diet. <sighs> Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I imagine you wrote that before we had our embargo on puns. No, no, I just came up with that now. <laughs> oh, great! I don't so follow. I, I'm allowed to be mad at you. Look, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> I understand. Uh, how big is the uh, the bed? The bed is actually a pile of dirt, mm. or maybe just uh, just like some coffee grounds. Whoa! When I first went to the bedroom. <laughs> I wasn't expecting coffee grounds and the fact that it was a bathroom. <laughs> uh, we can also note that this house, despite having a very expansive backyard, is actually very close to the Temple of Ishtar, which uh, is which is a Babylonian name for the Sumerian goddess Inanna, and I don't know why they decided to call her that in the movie, but they did. The movie's We're... about Sumerians. Why is why is it called Ishtar? We passed that on the way here. I thought it was a Pokemon gym. It kind of is. That uh, that they have a weird triangle-y thing that they hold up a lot. Yeah, you know, as they do in Johto. As they do in Johto. Uh, the other thing that we do need to watch out for with the Sumerians is occasionally Inanna gets mad and raises vampires from the dead. That doesn't uh, have anything to do with mole people, but hey, it is dark down here, so, you know. Do the vampires come by? Uh, you know, I have to imagine they mostly feast on the mole people and the people that are supposed to be Middle Eastern, but they're actually just very white. I see. But apparently not white enough for the 1950s censors who are just doggedly watching out for the Hayes Code. Well, I will, uh, you know, happily invite them in if they get me an extra bedroom. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I've got some quirky neighbors. Anyway, let's check out the basement. Congratulations, you've been checking out the basement this whole time. Well, I, I was gonna say, now, that, now that's a surprise. There's also a uh, there's also a place where there's just a bunch of people sewing, and a place where there's just a bunch of people uh, whipping goats. Now, as I was looking through this place, I was starting to ask myself, where am I gonna put the Johannes Cube breeding ground? It requires several large tanks. Uh, do you know where I could find a place for these cubes? Well, I might recommend uh, the fenced-in backyard with a uh, with a fire pit and a uh, and a pit full of uh, cube juice, where you can just pour some battery acid in there for the gelatinous cubes to eat. 
Oh wow, it really feels like a slice of Americana. It's Sumericana, actually. <laughs> oh wow, it really feels like a slice of Sumericana. There you actually. go, perfect, good, now it's right. Uh, you'll also notice that uh, within the interior we actually have uh, the walls entirely painted with Egyptian hieroglyphics. Again, they're supposed to be Sumerian, why do they have Egyptian hieroglyphics? Moving on. Whoa, hang on. What's up with the color of this door? Uh, oh, that door you actually don't want to use. That is uh, the door to the fire of Ishtar, which is just outside. But, you know, we don't really do that here. Hmm. At first I was concerned about the color. Then I was concerned about where it was going. But I thought to myself, hey, you know what? Outside, underground, great place to raise my cubes. Uh, how many cubes do you have, if I can ask? Oh, I hope to have a lot more. Hmm. Currently, about 20. Well, that's a lot of large-sized gelatinous cubes that just kind of waft invisibly through dungeons and swallow people and digest them with acid. Yeah, my wife hates it. My but wife. But it's a hobby. My father was a cube raiser. Hmm. One day I went into his bedroom, and all I was left was a cube. Wow. Anyway. Uh, are so, we on to our next house? Uh, we are actually going to move on to our next house just as soon as uh, this uh, parade of uh, talpathropes is out of the way. That's the proper term for mole people, you see. Ah, right. They travel in parades. Well, are they noisy? They're actually revolting against oh. the uh, brutal slave system that we've enacted. Uh, see, somebody gave them a flashlight and it all went to hell. This happens. Uh. This happens. Hey, and you know what? It's all part of life under the ground. There's nothing toxic where it's hypoxic under the ground, you know? Hey, you can't choose where you live. But you can oh, wait. live where uh, you choose. Yes, I can. Right. You can't choose where you live, <laughs> but you can live where you choose. That's what we always say in, in the business. Great. Let's see the other options. Let's see the other options. Uh, our next house is actually a, uh, is a thermonuclear illithid chamber. Oh, no. Located in the scenic Underdark. Uh, this, uh, dungeon is well known as a, uh, as excellent for all of your various plans to eat people's brains and take over the world. Where is it located under? Uh, it's actually located also under Seattle. Oh, right near my work. Yes. Are there any mole people here? Uh, no, no. There are like a million different kinds of weird monsters and shit, though, because the Olithids really don't know what they're doing. They just kind of make a weird brain monster and then just assume they did a good job and they leave and try to conquer the next world. It's no wonder and the get threw them over, overthrew them, sure. And, uh... I'll tell you right now, Neighbors with Loud Pets is a real, is a real, uh, a game changer. Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, go through. So, uh, after we exit the guard room, uh, the first room that we will enter is the library slash dissection chamber. Mm. Wow, look at all those books. Those are knives. Oh, wow. These are the books. Those are some dangerous books. They really are. Although I do feel as though this might be uh, this might be excellently converted into a gelatinous cube breeding facility because you can just dissect a cube and then breed it. Uh, not bad thinking. All right. Well, hang on. We haven't reached the main feature of the house, though. Should I mention my budget? Yes. Why don't we go ahead with that? Uh, my budget is fifty thousand dollars. Well, this house is actually going for eighty gajillion dollars. It's a little outside our price range, but it's got so many features. It's actually what you're going to choose anyway, despite being oh. outside of your price range. Well, hang on. We've got a couple more houses to see. We do. We do. But we decided ahead of time. <laughs> What's across the hall from the, from the library? Well, the next uh, major thing is going to be the resting pool. Wow! This is just a giant hot tub where the Mind Flayers, these octopus men from space, just hang out and rest in a pool. You know what? My, my wife would love this. 
she's actually a Sumerian seamstress. Oh wow! So th this would be perfect for her. Uh, you know, you know, after a long day of work. After a long day of, of seeming. Yes. Seamsting. Uh, now, if we go up here, we have the brain library. Now, you might be asking, isn't it a little inconvenient to have the brain library so far away from the dissection hall? Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, maybe a weakness of the house, but also just think of, like, just think of the flow of the house, kind of. Uh, think of what, uh, think of the patterns uh, that exist within the foot traffic of the old world hardwood floors. I've gone insane. I've lost my mind to house hunters. Well, yes. Well, hang on. This is starting to get a little weird. Yes. What's up with the color of this carpet? <laughs> oh, that's actually, uh, that's actually something that uh, we might have to renovate. That is, uh, that is colored in order to best uh, accentuate the fluid that the brains need to survive outside of their bodies. Oh, well, you know, my wife has been saying she's been wanting to get into vulturing. Hmm. So, I, I, you know what? It occurs to me I should have brought her with me. That, huh. that would have made sense, but we haven't had a guest on this podcast yet, and we're not sure how that would work because we don't even know what we're doing when there's not a guest. You know what? I think it's a decision that I don't want to trouble her with. That's a good, that's a, that's good reality TV thinking. You said there is another room? Yes, there is actually. Uh, this would be, this was, okay. I don't know uh, how you feel about, uh, about kids. Or did I say cubes? I don't know how you feel about kids or cubes, but this is the perfect place for both. Welcome to the tadpole chamber. Hmm. So, when I first walked in here, I thought, whoa, I'd never want to leave. And you won't. <laughs> you see, uh, so, the elder brain in charge of the- there is a homeowners association in the form of an elder brain, I should mention. The elder brain actually does dictate that the tadpoles have to- the tadpoles have to stay with the house. Uh, and those tadpoles are actually necessary for elithid reproduction. You and your wife might be infected with some of these tadpoles and turned into mind flayers while your uh, former brain is ejected and put into a brain chamber to scream in agony for 10,000 years. But also, check out check out the uh, the crown molding on the walls. You can see that that's actually uh, that's actually Austrian style, uh, very 1850s. Well, uh, let me tell you, I hate the rules, but I love the style. Mm. This is a room I could see my, myself spending all my time here. The Elder Brain also dictates that uh, all of your shutters have to be off-white, not plain white, and there's no air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> Just nothing new here. It feels like I'm already at home. All right. I think we have some good, uh, we have some good options with that. Uh, let's move on. Now, is there a place where I can get an industrial amount of ice around here? Well, I do have some ideas about industry. Just hop in this time machine. Uh, a what? Just hop in this time machine. Well, you know, sometimes house hunting is like an adventure. Okay, let's go. All right, so this is actually the year 800,000 some or whatever. And uh, our next house is actually in a Morlock neighborhood. Oh, I see. Yes, the Morlocks were created in uh, the late 1800s to serve as a metaphor for the plight of the working class and its destiny to become a bunch of uh, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers that eat the rich. Now, I gotta ask, what are Morlocks? Well, Morlocks are... We just had a commercial, please tell me again. Oh yeah. Well, Morlocks uh, were created in the 1800s by H.G. Wells to serve as a metaphor for the plight of the working class. And they, uh, they are, they're great at, uh, at volleyball and they eat uh, the rich. 
who dwell on the surface, but we don't need to worry about that. This is also the perfect place for uh, industry. It is absolutely, it is a mechanical engineer's paradise in this neighborhood. And that is why- As a member of the working class, I think we're gonna be quick friends. Sorry, I'll need to clip that out. I was just unplugging my phone. As a member of the working class, I think we'll be fast friends. Do we want to say that again a third time, but we want to use a different synonym for the word quick or fast? Okay. Uh, I'm a member of the working class, but I want to be fast... (laughs) (laughs) Friends. Alright, good. So, uh, let's begin. So, this is a, uh, so this is a craftsman is actually going for 800,000 some dollars. And uh, it has 15 bedrooms and 15 bathrooms. Hmm. No kitchen, but a laundry room, a balcony, and no stairs. What am I? It just occurred to me that that uh... sounded like a riddle. We're in the dark. (laughs) It's kind of the thing we do down here. Yeah, I I understand that. Is this... Wayside School. Is that that school from uh, from the Nickelodeon, or is that the real school from real life? No, it's you know the Nickelodeon school. Yes. Where they built it wrong. No, I know. Oh boy. That incredibly realistic depiction of elementary school management, where they built an entire school wrong and everything is screwy. Yeah, that's the one. No, uh, it it reminds me of that time. It is actually uh, extremely similar, yes. That's enough bedrooms for each of my breeding pairs of cubes. And one for me and my wife. Which are also kind of a breeding pair of cubes, if you think about it. Aren't we all? No, we sleep in separate rooms. Oh. That's the weirdest thing you've said so far. We, we're going through a rough patch. I try not to talk about it. <laughs> I, instead, let's... Uh, I think... <laughs> I'm trying to do a little retail therapy. On a new home for us. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, uh, uh sorry, realtor, uh, co-host. It's producer co-host. We need to, uh, we need to actually pull Adam aside briefly. Oh, yeah, hey, what's up? Okay, so, uh, we actually think the ratings would go really good if you kept talking about this rough patch you're going through with your wife. And, uh, we're gonna need you to answer some questions and also restate the, uh, question in your answer. Okay, so, uh, first question. Why do you think you and your wife are going through a rough patch? Well, my wife and I are going through a rough patch. I have no idea why. It might be the 24 breeding pairs of gelatinous cubes I have. The number keeps going up. Well, that means they're doing their job. Why do you think Uh, you are doing wrong? Sometimes, I think... Uh, the strained relationship I have with uh, her sister is why things are going wrong. Why are you the way that you are? You know what? I, I think I'm the way that I am because of the fact that my gelatinous cubes ate her sister. What deity do you worship, if any at all? <laughs> and do you think they'd be proud of you? I actually worship of Ishtar. And I think they're very proud of me. That actually scans. Alright, proceed. We tried to break him and it just didn't work. So, tell me more about this house. Is there any... Uh, are there any... Are there any bedroom? Are there any more bedrooms I haven't heard about? Yes, there are actually nine more bedrooms for a total of 24 bedrooms. Wow, this place keeps showing more surprises. There's also... Uh, there's also a... There is no kitchen, as I've described, but there is a laundry room, and you can just clean all of your food in the washing machine. It's like having a kitchen. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Different way to do laundry. There's also a lot of gears and steam. Whoa. Hang on. Are you telling me that this is a place with both gears and steam? I am, and uh, it would actually be extremely beneficial, it's very environmentally friendly uh, to turn gears and steam a lot so that, uh, so that 
uh, the alloy can have food, and then you can go up to the top, uh, to the surface, and hunt alloy. It's kind of uh, the national pastime around here. Well, let me tell you, I like working from home, but this is getting a little ridiculous. Mm. Our asking price is eight hundred thousand gajillion dollars. Hmm. And, and it's over budget too. Well, I guess I have to look look at the full package. But there is air conditioning. What's the outside look like? Yeah. Wow. There is an air conditioning unit outside, and that's actually all that there is outside. And also a fire pit, but no backyard. Not sure how that works. It's kind of a chronospatial thing. Hmm. I see. Uh, do you think will the time machine aspect uh, have any negative repercussions on the my life in the present? Uh, n not if you go into the future, no. You just can't go into the past, because as soon as you go into the past, the future does become one of infinite possibilities and disappear into uh, into the uh, the fifth dimension. So you actually you actually need to decide now whether or not this house is a yes or a no. And if you decide yes, I can't go home. I see. Well, I think it's time to decide. Can you recap the three houses really quick and all the features that they had? Well, or really the highlight features and my main problems that they were. So the first house uh, had a the first house was the mid-century uh, Sumericana uh, house. I forget how many bedrooms there were. Two bedrooms, I recall. There were two bedrooms, three baths, and the asking price was one point two million dollars. Uh, it was in a Sumerian neighborhood, and it was very close to the Temple of Ishtar. Uh, interesting, it's also close to the Alpha Omega Bomb Catholic Church from beneath the Planet of the Apes. Ah, that's where my parents worship. Yeah, that's very good. That's uh, That sounds like a very good location, then. And then uh, our second house was the, uh, was the Mind Flayer Laboratory slash uh, breeding chamber which was also located uh, not far from your mechanical engineering job in the Drow districts. Yes, my, uh, I had some, so a few issues with the, a few issues with some of the, the carping decisions. Hmm. And it was, uh, you said something to the tune of like 700 quintillion dollars? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then- right. Uh, and then for our last visit, that's where we are now. There are actually 72 discrete bedrooms, and it's actually, uh, one of the bedrooms has actually evolved some uh, kitchen-like qualities in the in-between in time, between when we started talking and finished. Time travel is really weird and hurts my grammar. That place just keeps having more surprises. It really will surprise you. And isn't that what you want in a house? Well... I think we've made up our mind. I'm speaking for my wife, of course. Right, because you have problems. Uh, I'm pausing for the commercial. Okay, we've made up our mind. <laughs> We're going with the Elithid ship. Hooray! It's far outside of our, our price range, and we're not crazy about the interior, but it seems like a perfect place to raise our cubes and become uh, close friends with the Elder Brain and all that he wants. The last shot of the episode as the credits roll by is just a tadpole crawling into your, your wife's ears. <laughs> oh, she's dead. Oh. The, 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 cube, the cubes ate her too. <laughs> oh my, well. This is going to be an interesting problem for the Elder Brain to have to solve. Another successful subterranean house thing. I did a good job. I am a realtor. Yeah, you, that, that's the thing. The, the realtor always wins at the end of House Hunters. Even if the couple clearly doesn't know what they're doing. I also mentioned that no matter which house you would have picked, I probably would have had a bunch of purple worms come up and eat it. Ah, right. Well, you, just a little purple worm this time. And it was me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, 
We really got to business there. We really got to business, and I think we learned a lot about uh, some underground societies and stuff. Now, I did want to dial it. I did want to take us back. We've talked about pseudoscience. We've talked about fantasy. I want to talk about real science. Oh, man. Here we go. With my science segment. My as-of-yet unnamed science segment. You know what? No, the last time it was called Throwing Science Shade, and this also, that also applies here in a different way. It's definitely right, shady. Uh, throw that shade. What do you got? I wanted to talk about a couple of different real-world uh, troglofauna, meaning fauna, animals that live in caves. Uh, tr- troglos, as the Greeks call them. <laughs> of course. And... Uh, there are three animals that I found a very unique uh, monstery connection. Troglos are Roblo's um, tw- twin brothers he doesn't like to talk about. Right, right, right. The, the caveman that he found frozen in the ice. Mm-hmm. Troglos. So the first animal uh, that I want to talk about is called the Olm. Olm. Proteus anguinus. The Olm. Adam, do you know what an Olm is? Without looking it up, I want you to guess... It's not in D&D, is it? It's a real science thing. It's a real animal from life. Uh, okay. I'm picturing, like, um, uh, like a blob, and there's a red, like, dot that glows inside of it. It kind of looks like a tadpole, but it never, like, got very far. You are extremely... You are correct. No, wow. That is exactly what an olm is. Okay. (laughs) An olm is a kind of long, uh, blind cave salamander that uh, that lives in the water and much like the axolotl and the mud puppies of north america uh it is adapted to uh live only in water it's what we call stygiofauna there's troglofauna if it is air breathing and lives in a cave and stygiofauna if it lives in the water in a cave wow uh, all right uh, yeah i know the axolotl pretty well and maybe that's what that same root is what kind of <laughs> tripped my memory. I didn't say salamanderish though, or anything like that. You did say a tadpole that doesn't uh, that never did a good job, and that is <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, that's true. All right, but uh, the reason it has a monster connection, there's two things that I found interesting about it about the uh, connection that it has with the local people of the Balkan, uh, the Western Balkan peninsula around slovenia and croatia and that general area uh the first one is that it is sometimes called the human fish because <laughs> that's that's not good <laughs> well, that's... well are you looking at a picture of an olm right now possibly the wikipedia page uh yeah i'm looking at a very long salamander creature it does have that kind of oddly caucasian human skin color uh i i see what you're saying yes Maybe saying skin instead of human might be better. Just imagine it wriggling around, doing weird, gross things. I'm trying not to. It's the best. It's my favorite. Uh, It's also, supposedly, uh, there was a a kind of belief. It's one of those things that might just be like, uh, oh, thunder's just angels bowling type thing. uh, Where it's like, it's a fun thing you say, but you don't really believe it. Uh, Like a superstition but it's supposed to be the offspring of a cave dragon. I, I, I doubt that's, I doubt that superstition. But imagine just like, dragons are normally pretty like arrogant and yeah. stuff. If you have to start out as one of these guys. Yeah, it's a real cobalt situation. Hmm. Now the, like, like I could totally see these like worshiping a dragon and saying like, we're your kin. And the dragon's like, yeah, I'll let you hang out outside. I'll let you hang out at like in a couple cave rooms over, but uh, yeah, don't don't ever stop by. There is uh, another. There are a couple interesting things about the ohm. How it is, uh, it has electroreceptory properties. It can actually uh, it can sense electricity in the water. Mm. Uh, it has rudimentary lungs that are just kind of there because it forgot to totally get rid of them. Oh, okay. He's got a couple wisdom teeth lungs. Yeah. It's also predicted to live over a hundred years. <laughs> predicted. 
they they have a couple in a tank, and they're like, you know, he made it to fifty. I think he can do twice this. <laughs> I think that might literally be it, because otherwise, like. How would you keep track of what an individual ohm is doing in some cave somewhere, and you can't really predict? They, they saw a big one, they cut it in half, read the rings. Yeah. And they're like, oh, these are some tiny rings. It might be between, I don't know, 60 and 100. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, they're, uh, I, you know, I, I like a lot of, <laughs> I think they make good, good pets. They would make incredible pets. That would actually be so fun to have a weird human fish. Yeah. Just kind of walking, watch them wiggle around. Yeah, no, they, they look like a, like a fun time, and they got like a long, they got like a greyhound kind of snout. They do have some very big greyhound energy. You know how greyhounds always look like they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, they look a little like they were rendered incorrectly. There are some dog breeds that just look super like a wrong wolf, and a greyhound is one of them. And I think an ohm is another kind of weird dog. <laughs> do you think that was one of the proto names for dogs? Um. <laughs> no, I, I'm raising. I'm raising a lo- a wrong wolf. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at the legs on my wrong wolf. You know what dachshund is? Is dox is German for badger? Dachshunds are supposed to hunt badgers. Now, as someone that <laughs> used to really pride uh, themselves on uh, on uh, on which animal would win in a fight, I gotta say, badger takes that every time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how. Maybe if there's a bunch of them. Oh, man. What a terrifying day for the badger. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the badger would, like, build fortifications, like, in in Minecraft. That's a beaver. Hang on. Wait, <laughs> <I'm>... what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hang on. I, I'm reassessing. So I, I nailed the, the, the ohm, but I, I, my <laughs> badger brain went to beaver. You can only have... You're only allowed to have one correct animal fact per day. Yeah. Uh, oh no, badger. Totally. He. They. They got warp paints. Mm. Like they're. They'll fight a, a swarm of dachshunds. No problem. Absolutely. Now I did want to move on to uh, one of our remaining two uh, animals here. One of our two remaining cave dwellers. Okay. And that is the vampire bat. Oh, of course. I had to go with a. I had to go with a classic. Yeah, you know, uh, big fruit diet. Yes. Uh, no. No. No um, fruit diet. S- small animal diet. Nope. Hey, nope. Okay. Uh, well, they uh, they they don't eat. They're like they're they're some. <laughs> they photosynthesize. Well, I have some very interesting news for you. They photosynthesize in their dark caves, right? Yep. All right. Cool. Third animal. Third animal. <laughs> No, uh, well, what's up with the, what's their diet consist of? Uh, it is entirely, they are entirely hematophagus. They eat only blood and water. That come from slot machines. Yes. <laughs> okay, you gotta stop. <laughs> you know where what? it comes from. Hematophagus. <laughs> right? uh, oh, oh, hematophagus? <laughs> yeah. Hematophagus. Uh, hemato, ah. blood, phagy, the act of eating. The act of eating blood. Yep. Got it. <laughs> now, you're well familiar that not all bats are vampire bats. Yeah, some are very small, some are very big, and they uh, eat all kinds of stuff. Lots of insects. Yeah. Frequently. Bats are very helpful. Now, I want you to guess, how many kinds of bats are there in the world? And how many of those are vampire bats? Okay, uh, can I pre- guess a percentage? Yes. Like 75%. You're going to say 75% of bats are vampire bats. Uh, either 75% are or 75% aren't. <laughs> I feel like it's an extreme in one way or the other and that extreme. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, let me just do some quick math here. So the actual answer is there are... 1,400 species of bat, and three species of vampire bat. So that is... Wow, uh, very small percent. 0.21%. Yeah. And uh, they are restricted to Central and South America. So, you know, the bats in places of the world where most people live 
that's not insensitive to say, right? More people live outside of Central and South America than inside. Yeah, of- I, I think I've seen that graph. So you're say what you're saying is in Trans- Transylvania, <laughs> Dracula is not changing into he's changed into some kind of like insect eating bat. Right. Yeah. Well, in Eastern Europe, they do have uh, they do have vampire moths. <laughs> so he's. Are you saying that there's like some smoke and mirrors he's really turning into a moth every night oh my gosh what if he's mothman oh hey well we we've written an episode for ourselves we do need to uh we do need to keep uh up with that that genus of moth Uh, that is the vampire moth is called calyptra by the way but uh another interesting thing about the vampire bat is that they uh are the only mammals and the only vertebrates besides snakes that can detect infrared radiation because they feed on warm-blooded animals. Hmm. Wow, that's uh, that's handy. That would definitely come in handy in a cave society. Really is. Also, while I'm spouting bat facts, did you know? Did you know that bats have great eyesight? Oh, I, I. So I heard that the exclusive echolocation was a myth of sorts. Yeah. That's, no. Yeah, th- that's... they can kind of see pretty okay. They can see okay. It's not, like, yeah. crazy good, but it's okay. They also yeah, love uh, grooming each other. Oh, picking up, picking off the bugs? Picking off uh, picking off the bugs, just cleaning each other. Uh, I yeah. actually worked with vampire bats when I worked at the zoo. Oh, man. Uh, did they know how rare they were? They did. Did, they, did you tell them that they were special? I did. I love my sky puppies. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun system at the zoo because uh, the University of Pennsylvania Veterinary School actually donates uh, cattle blood for the vampire bats to feed on. And they serve them in these little dishes and they just put them down on the ground and let the bats like fly around and eat them. And it's just blood and water. And that is what they feed on. Well, uh, that's (laughs) just like my ex-wife. Yeah. There's also uh, a... Right. Do you have one more animal to close this out with? Yes, uh, there is the best one. I did want to say uh, that vampire bats have an anticoagulant in their spit to encourage blood flow, and it's called Draculin. Mm. Uh, it, it, funny enough, name before Dracula. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Well, no. Yeah, <laughs> people don't know that Bram Stoker was a um, science folker, and uh, during the... Uh, year without a summer he really got into the textbooks and f- and found out that fact to which he later can create the entire character of dracula yeah no real facts yeah so uh i feel like i'm undercutting your segment by <laughs> lying <laughs> that's all that science is is just people telling the truth and other people lying <laughs> oh so it's an authentic experience yes yes it is <laughs> Uh, uh, all right. Uh, I gotta the- say about the Dracula stuff, though. Like, when you're a scientist and you have like a good a good opportunity to name something that isn't terrible, you're like, yes, you can only use a name once, and you better use it on something <laughs> good. Yeah, sure. And I, I as a uh, DM, I in- <laughs> appreciate pulling from pop culture at the right time. Like, there's a very important developmental gene called Sonic Hedgehog, because someone yep. found a gene and just called it Sonic Hedgehog, and now like. And- Doctors have to tell their parents, or not their own parents, doctors have to tell parents that, like, their child has a birth defect because of a mutation in the sonic hedgehog gene. <laughs> like, it is a mess. And, like, there have been people that have proposed renaming it, and they're like, they followed all the rules. We have to do it. Gotta go swift! Whoa! Anyway, so our last and most powerful uh, monster that is a real animal from life is the sand puppy. Huh. More commonly so, known as the naked mole rat. Oh, that that makes that makes sense a lot. Now, bad eyesight. Yes. Uh, yes, I believe. Yes, no. Its eyes are completely glazed over. Yeah, there there ain't nothing happening there. No, it is just skin. But that is yeah. not one of the uh, that is not one of the naked mole rat's powers. Uh, its its powers are helping out the guy that helps out Kim Possible. Correct. That is the sitch. As someone who has had the Kim Possible ringtone for ten years, I have to I have to concede that the naked mole rats are my favorite for maybe that reason. Okay. Maybe. As if there's doubt. So yep. naked mole rats are 
very well adapted, more than any other uh, mammal, to a low oxygen environment. I'm, I'm, I'm tempering myself to not just make nonstop impossible jokes. I'm like, yeah, you know, low oxygen and the cargo pants. <laughs> Diet consists of like nachos. They would eat I, nachos. Just, uh, yes. Uh, oh, uh, so they can get get around without too much air. Is what you're saying? They can get around without too much air, and uh, they they're cold blooded. They live in a uh, they live in a eusocial system that's more like an ant or a bee than any other kind of mammal, and mm. their uh, low oxygen adaptations mean that they can actually survive in a zero oxygen environment for up to eighteen minutes. Oh well, I thought that was a little more impressive. Eighteen minutes is is really good. I'm not I'm not, I'm not you know punching them for that but i thought it was gonna be like 18 like years well how about this they live <laughs> 10 times longer than similarly sized surface rodents oh that that is uh impressive and that is because uh that is actually evidence in favor of the oxidation theory of aging that life didn't evolve with oxygen once plants started uh photosynthesizing and started producing oxygen in mass quantities as a byproduct they really kind of filled the atmosphere with poison essentially and animals needed to adapt or die yeah and pro it it was uh filled with that at a rate at which they could uh kind of adapt right yeah and the point is that life uh didn't evolve in the presence of oxygen that came as a consequence of life and other life forms had to adapt to it and as a result since we're not really made to function in an oxygenated environment you know as if anything is intended for anything but uh, oxygen wears away your telomeres, like your the far ends of all your chromosomes, and degrades your DNA. And that's why, whenever your body uh, replaces a new segment of skin or a new bit of bone or whatever, it comes back just a little shittier until you die. Hmm. That's the theory, at least. Yeah. So uh, because they don't care too much about this oxygen, they. Uh... Uh, they're 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 replace the, replacing the shittier parts at a slower rate. Exactly. They also don't feel pain. Oh, well, that's uh, wow. They just don't feel pain. You can you can poke them in the skin. You can scratch them with a little razor, and they don't know. They just don't care. They move on. I I think I think they get a bad rep because of their uh, physical appearance, but uh, there's a lot to love about these little rats. There really is. They're also acid resistant. Whoa, hang on. Here's the thing. If you're not breathing enough oxygen, you're getting a lot of carbon dioxide going on. That's going to be a lot of carbonic acid buildup. And so you need to be resistant to that acid. I feel like if I was building a stat block, this would be a very tough creature to fight. <laughs> or like, it's it's done all the work for me. It really has. But, I mean, well... Surely there's there is only one way to kill a naked mole rat, and that is to uh that is to infect it with disease, you bet, right? Uh well, you know what? I, I would say that and I will. Alright. I'm glad that we've established the the <laughs> conjugation of the verb to be. Yeah, we're we are filling the correct amount of time for house hunters. Yeah. But uh no. No. Disease doesn't work. You know why? Nick and mole rats, they pretty much just don't get cancer. Pretty much? There have been some, uh, there was a study that found it for the first time in 2016 in some zoo specimens, but in their native habitats, they don't get cancer. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And part of that oh, is because... Why would they get cancer? All their... Their, their body's like, you know what? It's on a permanent vacation. They're like, I don't need no air. Feeling in my best life. You know, why Why would I go rogue? Well, there are a couple different uh, categories of reasons why naked mole rats just generally do not get cancer. They have ribosomes that produce extremely error-free proteins. Uh, again, with that oxygen eating away your DNA means that your DNA can't mutate in a way that would create a cancerous region of the body, a tumor. And so tumors just don't happen. Hmm. So that is uh, one of a complete list of naked mole rat superpowers. I want to say there's more. I have to say there's more. 
Yeah, I'm sure they can do anything. I think they can actually do anything. So that's why I want to take the naked mole rat into the final raiding place. (laughs) Of all the monsters, we have chosen the real kind of rodent. Yeah, uh, after everything... No, I didn't hear everything. (laughs) So I can't give it a perfect score. But I will happily give Naked Bull Ride an 8 out of 10. I think I'm going to give it a 10 out of 8. <laughs> you did this last time, and I think your logic will not be as good as last time's. Uh, what is your logic? My logic this time is that I've uh, dug under the rating system and found a secret <laughs> previously heretofore with unknown rating system. Uh, there you go. Okay, great. <laughs> so thank you for joining us for another episode uh, as we now emerge in uh in, into the sunlight in somewhere that is uh different than we've seen before. Thank you for digging uh too greedily and too deep with us on House Hunters. And if you also feel like uh like flying out in the dead of night and just scraping your pronounced incisors into some kind of mammal and 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 just reveling in the feeling of the life force as it flows into your mouth and you drink the very soul of this beast you can follow us on twitter at finding monster right pod <laughs> at monster right pod at monster right pod finding monster right yeah. pod it's that's a lots of long at is it what is our yep, what is our not... twitter handle you're the one that runs it <laughs> oh uh, at monster right pod at monster right pod uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast as well. Yep. And uh, is that about it? That's it. Uh, well, we will uh, uh, see you next time. Mm-hmm.